All right, good morning. morning. It's great to see everyone here this morning. I've been given a special note. There's free aloe plants right outside the door as you leave these front doors to the right-hand side. Um, Aloes are wonderful plants that do well in our climate. Um, Vicki thinned out our garden. Um, besides just having medicinal properties that you can break a piece off and put it on the burns, uh, did these flower for you? When the flowers come up, the hummingbirds love the flowers. They will, they will skip everything else to go right for the aloe plants. Um, they're very hardy and they spread and it's even edible, but that's if you like eating diesel fuel. I mean, they have a, <laughs> a strong taste to them. Um, but they're, they're outside the door. She thinned out a garden, and rather than just throwing them out in the yard and running them over with the mowers like I do, she brought them here for those of us who would like to establish some aloe in our gardens. They're very, they're very hardy. They, they grow very close together, the weeds to prohibit the weeds from growing close them, but they do spread out. Just be warned. Okay, do we have any first-time visitors who are so bold to identify themselves today? Oh, yes, Larry. We have a brochure for you. It says who we are. And what we do here at King of Kings. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, And that means all the rest of you make a point of greeting this gentleman as we uh, either pass a piece or you leave. Um, Next Friday dance is on the 16th. The food is at 5. The music is at 6. We have an online QR code which is available in the insert that if you want to give we using your smartphone. Of course, we take cash and checks too. Um, Music jams are Saturday at 1 p.m. 2023 sign-up books for readers and ushers are available. Mobile pantry will be June 8th, which is this Thursday, at 3 p.m. There's also Synod Assembly this week, so I will not be there this week. So also, and Vicki is going to be traveling to Iowa this week, so she won't be there. So if you've never helped out at the food pantry, um, there's a good time to come. Uh, second Friday of the month is a country dinner dance, and that I guess will be this Friday, will be the second Friday, this coming Friday, uh, which is the, can't think of it now, ninth, thank you. Third Sunday of the month there will be a covered dish, which is next on June 18th. Karaoke is on the fourth Friday of the month. There will be new members classes for those who've expressed an interest in joining next Sunday and the following Sunday, the 11th and the 18th, the classes are, they'll take place after the service. They only go about 45 minutes. It's more about meet and greet. First class is about Christianity. The second class is about um, what makes Lutherans unique within Christianity. Um, I also want to remind that all the people on council, it'd be a good time to stop in and introduce yourself to these people who are going to go because some of the Issues about names, I'm still struggling with names, and I've been here three years. Um, so it's always good. Uh, Barbara is leaving. Our secretary is moving north to a little town up in uh, central Pennsylvania near the Colsey Mary. She said she's near Shemokin. Um, uh, but she will be, this is her last week here. Her last Sunday will be next Sunday. Uh, Right now, Linda is coordinating volunteers. Raise your hand, Linda, so we know who you are. If you're willing to volunteer with some time at the office, the big thing is when we put together the bulletins about printing them out and folding them. 
And I also assured Linda that she's not taking over other than just coordinating volunteers. She doesn't have to sacrifice all her time. Uh, so again, and I know Larry's involved in that. So until we can hire a replacement, this gives us a chance to really figure out what we need our administrator to do and can the person work more from home as opposed to being in the office. So that's, uh, that's coming up. Um, this was the last Sunday we were collecting for Harbor House for those supplies that are in the back there. We'll be taking them to the Synod Assembly. That's the designated uh, uh, place that our gifts are going this uh, year. And the other thing is about the congregational vitality. And Larry, do you want to talk about that? Because you went yesterday. Larry. Hello, Larry. Larry. Larry went to congregational vitality. And he said, you know, we need to have more people doing this. Because did, was, it a, was it a worthwhile morning? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. It was so enlightening. It was some great ideas about how to build your congregation and um, very, very refreshing. And uh, Pastor Rob, who led it, uh, he was excellent. He was excellent. Uh, I don't know, Pastor, if you were going to do, uh, you know, yay God this morning or not. That's something that, uh, that uh, uh, the pastor does over there. Everybody stand up for a minute. Okay, you're going to take it. Go on. Well, I don't know. We're going to give it a try. Okay, now what I want you to do first is I want you to stand on your toes. Just rock on your toes three times. And One. that's if you're able. If you're not able, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Just Two. Rock. Three. And number three. Okay. Okay. Now next, I want you to raise your hands over your head. And down. And raise your hands over your head again. And down. Now, if you're able, I want you to just take a little hop, a little jump. Okay. There you all go. All right. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to put all three of these moves together. And when we do it, we're going to yell, yay, God. So ready? Okay. One, two, three. Yay, yay God. God. Yay, God. Yay, God. Okay. Amen, Pastor. Amen. Now. The reason he did this, he talks about, and you can have a seat. He talked about that m people complain that much worship becomes entertainment. But it was always entertainment. It, that is part of our culture. And part of our worshiping experience should entertain us. But what we are also doing in worship is entertaining God. Now, if you don't think God just got a little laugh from seeing all of us do, yay, God. <laughs> um, and that was part of, that was, the, that was kind of the icebreaker, the introduction. This idea that when we come to worship, it should be, yes, there is time and place for reverence. There is time and the place for that uh, confessional spirit. But worship should also be joyous and uplifting and when we are singing for God, we are entertaining God. When we are praising God, we are entertaining God. That is part of what our worship is. It gets us out of our own head, out of our own space, out of our own troubles and grief and anxiety, and into a place where we can be in communion with the Holy Spirit. So, 
Next month, not next month, July 15th is session two. And I am going to encourage those prayer warriors in this church, those people who are praying, to let me know. And we will go over to, it is going to be again at Spirit of Grace. There's going to be probably two or three more sessions and then that's it. But next month is going to discover, is going to be talking about the centering prayer. How important that prayer where you bring your focus on to the other and how that can increase the vitality within your congregation. So July 15th, 8.30 in the morning at Spirit of Grace. We can take carpools over, but it's not that far. Larry's, what, 15, 20 minutes away on a Saturday morning? They provide breakfast and lunch. Um, it's over by 12 o'clock, and it is a very informative. So I will keep announcing that, and Larry's going to be selling it to all those who were kind of hesitant the last time. Well, maybe I'll give that a try. Maybe I won't give that a try. This is a great opportunity to learn more about how we can engage God through our prayer. So, and it is at the, uh, it's the uh, Spirit of Grace campus that's uh, Trinity. In, in Trinity. Right. Old 54. With that, I think I've covered everything. Are there any other announcements? Yes, Jeff. Okay, okay, and then the new members class will take after you've gotten a piece of cake and you've said farewell and Godspeed, we'll do new members, okay? Yes? I got, I got an announcement. We have uh, two birthdays coming up this week. Okay. And uh, one of them is Larry in the back of the bus. Back of the bus. And the other one is George in the front of the bus. All right. So let me sing happy birthday to them. And we're going to do it a cappella because, George, you shouldn't play for your own <laughs> song. Are you ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Larry and George. Happy birthday to you. And I'm pretty sure God is thoroughly entertained right now. <laughs> I invite you to raise, uh, stand up, those who are able, as we begin our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who greets us in this and every season, whose word never fails, whose promise is sure. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of our neighbors. Merciful God, we confess that we have sinned, we have hurt our community, we have squandered your blessings, we have hoarded your bounty. In the name of Jesus, forgive us and grant us mercy. Righteous God, we confess that we have sinned, we have failed to be honest, we have lacked the courage to speak, we have spoken falsely. In the name of Jesus, forgive us and grant us your mercy. God is a cup of cold water when we thirst. 
God offers boundless grace when we fail. Claim the gift of God's mercy. You are freed and forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. morning. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. 
Please join me in praying the prayer of the day. Almighty creator and ever-living God, we worship your glory, eternal three in one, and we praise your power, majestic one in three. Keep us steadfast in this faith, defend us in all adversity, and bring us at last into your presence where you live in endless joy and love. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from Genesis. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the wa waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters, that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seeds of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for the signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. 
God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeped upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the seas and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds in the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast on the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all work that he had, had done in creation. They, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let, let us read responsibly Psalm 8. O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You whose glory is chanted above the heavens out of the mouths of infants and children. When I consider your heavens the work of your fingers, what are mere mortals that you should be mindful of them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you have made them little less than divine. You have made them rule over the works of your hands. All flocks and cattle. The birds of the air, the fish of the sea. O oh Lord, our God, a reading from Second Corinthians. Paul writes, finally, brothers and sisters, farewell. Put things in order. Listen to my appeal. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am always, I am with you always to the end of the age. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Please be seated. While I was serving in Philadelphia, my one place where I got involved with the wider church was in the Committee of Ministry of the Philadelphia Association, and in the particular area of discernment and the, those who were coming seeking ordination. And I remember one particular interview, a person was actually ordained in another tradition, more of a fringe tradition, I won't go into the details of what they were, and he was working as a chaplain. And he had left that tradition, it was seeking status or um, position within the United Church of Christ. And he was interviewing to see if he could move his ordination to the UCC so he could work as a chaplain because it was very important to him to have a recognized ordination status for his job as a chaplain because it actually paid more if you were ordained as working as a chaplain as opposed to be not being ordained or commissioned. Um, so we interviewed this, this gentleman and he was asked a question about Trinity. Could, could he describe his understanding of Trinity? And he, he kind of shrugged his shoulder and said, well, it's a mystery, and didn't say anything else. And I looked at him and I said, you have to do better than that. I said, this is like those math problems, those complicated math problems that we had when we were in school. While mystery is an answer, it doesn't say how you got there. You need to show your work about what Trinity is, how Trinity exists, what does that mean to you? And he kind of hesitated, and he didn't have anything else, because in his theological education, because he was from more of a fringe denomination, their whole theology, theological history started in the middle of the 1800s. And there wasn't any of that struggle that many of us went through who were in other denominations coming to terms with the idea of Trinity. It's a tricky, tricky thing. And yes, it is mystery. And that ultimately is the answer to the question. But there's a lot more involved there. The mystery of the Trinity is, well, first of all, mystery. Let's start with something a lot easier to grasp. Let's go to the Theodotic Triangle, as it's called. Does anybody know what the Theodotic Triangle is? I didn't think so. Okay, here it is. It's pretty simple. Okay, imagine a triangle, equilateral triangle. 
okay? And you have God is all good on one point. And then over this other point, God is all powerful, okay? God is all good. God is all powerful. And then over here is the rub. Evil exists. Well, if God is all good, why does evil exist if God is all powerful? And if God is all powerful, why does evil exist if God is all love? So is God not all love or all good or is God not all powerful or does evil not really exist? And it's called the theodotic triangle because it's rooted in the word theodicy, which is when we judge God. We're asking this question of God over and over again. Why God? How many of us have prayed that prayer, why God? Why did this young person die? Why did my mother get sick? Why did that accident claim the life of that family? Couldn't you have done something about that why God? But in the center of that triangle is the giant question mark of mystery. Mystery exists. It's part of our mysterious relationship with God. So let's get back to another, even more powerful triangle, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, the uninitiated of people who were not in this faith, like Muslims or Hindus, even some Buddhists will say, well, you know, you Christians are really tritheistic. You worship three gods. No, we worship one God, and we know that God in three ways. And we've known that God in three ways since the beginning. What do you mean, since the beginning? Well, now, for those of you who are real comfortable and locked in to this idea that the world is literally the age as described in the Old Testament, in the, in the Genesis story, which is about 66 to 6,800 years old, and the creation took place in those six 24-hour days as we understand hours and days, I invite you to go to your happy place. Okay, go to your happy place. I, I don't want to... That's, that's well and good. I honor that. If that is a faith that, you can, that makes you comfortable, then I honor that. It's not important that you go further than this. But let me rephrase this a little bit. In the beginning, the Spirit of God roamed over nothingness, roamed over just a pile, a swirling mass of dust. And if anybody's ever dealt with dust, there is absolutely no good in dust. There's no, what was happened in this country back in the uh, 20s, 1920s was the Dust Bowl. The, the, the fertile grounds had been so overly farmed, those to the Midwest, Oklahoma, Nebraska, that they, and with the drought, everything dried up and the ground became dust and blew away. We are told on Ash Wednesday, we are reminded, we started out as dust and we returned to dust. Dust is the absence of vibrancy, the absence of life. And in the beginning, over a swirling pile of dust, the Holy Spirit blew. And God, one day, and a God day, not our day, and it says in scriptures that one hour in our sight is but a brief moment, or one age in our sight is but a brief moment in, in God's sight, and one moment in God's sight is an age, an age in ours. I mean, 
we've already been told not to get hung up on the time because God is the author of time. Okay, so one day God decides that I want to do something. So that swirling mass of dust, he took some of those basic particles and jammed them all together and compressed them and started them spinning. And what's the most basic atom on the atomic chart? Anybody remember the atomic chart from chemistry? Come on, somebody remembers it. What's the basic one hydrogen or one, uh, one neutron, one electron? Hydrogen, basic building block of the universe, hydrogen. All that hydrogen gas compressed together and boom, let there be light. And then over that other swirling masses, he brought them together and gravity pulled them in and they started to spin and they started to rotate around that orb of light. See, the amazing thing about the creation story is that there are a lot of creation stories, a lot of mythical creation stories from other traditions. One talks about a guy coming in on a giant fish and another one talks about one god violated another god and their offspring was humanity. And, you know, one, there's a giant bird that brings the earth to being. The amazing thing about the Hebrew creation story, our first creation story, Genesis, is how closely it follows what science today has speculated how the earth and life on earth came to being. Even in the order that things happen quite often, you can read the Big Bang and the beginning of the origins of the universe according to science in the creation story. And what is even more amazing about that, this was a bunch of Bedouins wandering around in the wilderness, taking their sheep, their herds, from different, to different places. And this is a result of, I can imagine, some child asking their parent, tell us about the beginning. How did the Hebrews get so close where they got the order down that humanity was the very last thing that God created. It's a wondrous, wondrous thing. And what does that mean when it's said that humanity was created in God's image? And we don't have an answer to that, but it's fun to bounce that idea around. It's rich, it's good theology. Is it love? Is that what the image of God is about, is love? Well, there are mammals that, mammal, love is actually a function of our mammal brain. There are mammals that love. Anybody who's had a dog that they really cherished, that dog loved you. I mean, how many beings are so happy to see you when you came home, regardless of where you came from? They're happy to see you. That is love. So if it's not love, was it creativity? Well, other animals create. Birds create nests. Spiders create webs. Now maybe it's in their diet, but they create. Is it problem solving? And I thought at one time it was problem solving until I read about this zoo somewhere in this country where they were going to fire all the zookeepers in charge of the great apes because every morning they came in and all the orangutans were out of their cage. And they said, no, we locked the cages. We locked the cages. We didn't leave the cages unlocked. But 
Morning after the morning, it came out and the orangutans were all hanging out outside of their cages. So they set up a camera and they discovered that one of the orangutans had gotten a piece of wire, was hiding it up in his lip during the day, and at night he was taking it and picking the locks on his cage and all the other cages. So it's not problem solving. And what I don't have a, I, I've speculated that it's artistic, that it's, it's creating, it's expressing your art. Maybe it's worship. Maybe it's that ability to make God smile, just like our own children when they were little, and now our grandchildren even more so, can make us smile, entertain us, amuse us. I don't know. But we have the Father, we have the Godhead, and we have the Spirit. But when, where is Jesus? Well, Jesus was born when God incarnate himself. Well, no, because in the Old Testament, there are a number of actions, a number of entries that talk about the presence of this other mysterious stranger. Um, in uh, Genesis, Abraham is sitting under the tree, under the oaks at Mamre, enjoying the coolness of the shade when he's approached by a mysterious stranger with apostrophe S's strangers because the Hebrew is very ambiguous. Not so much the Greek. The Greek cleaned a lot of things up when they translated into Hebrew, but the Hebrew is very ambiguous. Is it one person or is it three people? And this ambiguity in goes through all the story. And then there is the story of Melchizedek. You know who Melchizedek is? He is, shows up in the Old Testament in Abraham's time. He also is referred to by the writer of Hebrews as a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And again, understanding Hebrew, which I don't understand, I just know these bits and pieces. Language was never my, never my forte. Um, Melchizedek translates from Hebrew is the king who is righteous. And Melchizedek came from the city of Jerusalem, which translates as the city of God's peace. So the king who is righteous from the city of God's peace. Now, if that doesn't sound like Jesus, I don't know who does. Okay? There is all sorts of mysterious occurrences in the Old Testament. Another one to keep in mind as we're struggling with this idea of Trinity is that there is a time that Moses encounters God on the side of the mountain. And how does God appear to Moses? Calm. Burning bush. Okay, a burning bush. A bush that was on fire but yet not consumed. Now, do we worship a burning bush? And Moses asks, as God is giving Moses his calling to go to confront the Pharaoh about his people, who should I say is sending me? And how do we commonly say that? Are you laughing? How do we say that? I am. The, I tell him, I am sent you. I am who I am. And that, again, is a, because of our understanding of translations and in the translation from Hebrew to Greek, it could also be read, I exist because I exist. And the one that I really like is, I will be who I will be. 
So, I think that's where we start with our understanding of Trinity. A God who responds, I will be who I will be. Will you be spirit? Will you be human? Or will you be beyond our understanding? Which, by the way, the Hebrews use the word Yahweh. God that we can't, we can't even say a name to give God. It's just too holy. So we'll instead say Yahweh. Which one? Well, the one we worry about, and the one we need to remember, and the one that connects us, also starts with the words, in the beginning. In the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was with God. In fact, the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning, and all things came into being through the Word. The idea, the living incarnation of God. See, in those mysteries, in those big question marks that we have, whether they are about Trinity or theodicy, there is the idea that God limits God's self so that we can be in relation to God. One of the imperfect explanations of a Trinity, but it's a good place to start with people, is say, I think of the sun. Okay, the sun out there, the, all the planets rotating around the sun. Now, the sun is a wonderful thing, but you can't get too close to the sun. What happens if you get too close to the sun? You burn up, right? But from the sun, we get two things that come to this world. Light. The light was lit in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And heat, warmth. Our world exists at the perfect spot. We are far enough from the sun that the sun can warm our earth as well as light it without making it too hot for our existence. You get any closer and you have Venus, which is so hot it's become a toxic brew that life cannot exist. Or you get too far away, you get Mars, where it's too cold right now. We've been given brains to figure this out, but it's too cold right now to support life. We're living in that perfect green zone right there. Okay? Another proof to me that God exists. But the Word became flesh and lived among us. God desired so much to be in relationship with us, knowing that we are not maybe physically capable of being in God's presence. And if you read the witnesses of Moses about the time God almost killed Moses. So the one time Moses said, God told Moses, I'm going to pass by and I'll let you know when you look. And basically he sees God's backside. It was the time God mooned Moses. Um, but again, we don't have that physical body that we can encounter God face to face. So God limits God's self. So God decided to be born as a human being, as a totally hopeless baby and there is no creature in this world more helpless than a human baby okay God chose then to grow up as we grow up and we have a history and a record of this because we say God's son but Jesus says the father and I are one it's just a way for our human brains to wrap our idea around the presence of God among us Emmanuel God with us and in this life, this short life of Jesus, left a very 
telling record. That we can be, and here's a term I heard yesterday, and I knew this term, and I think it's a great way of looking at it. Do you know what apprentices are? Anybody? I served an apprenticeship. Okay, I served an apprenticeship as a carpenter. Um, and apprentices are, you come in, you're not expected to know anything, just have basically raw abilities to, to pass a simple test. Well, it wasn't a simple test, but you have the raw abilities. But you're not supposed to know anything about the trades, per se. And then you're given opportunities, you're shown by the journeyman how to do things, and you're given opportunities to do them yourself. And it's expected that you will make mistakes because that's what it's all about. You make mistakes, you get corrected, you get to do again. Sometimes you do things so repetitively that it becomes second nature. But if you've ever watched a skilled tradesperson work and how they can make things look so easy, it's not because it's easy, it's because they're skilled. I remember, this is my favorite example, painters. Many of the painters I dealt with were were alcoholics in some way, shape, or form, one side or the other, recovery. But I remember seeing Painter coming in, obviously had a rough night. He gets in, and the guy, the foreman says, oh, he's my best, he's my best cut-in man. They're going to paint windows. The guy gets, dips his paint, big, wide paintbrush in the bucket. His hand's shaking. He got to the window frame, and he was rock solid. And he pulled a line down of paint that's straight as a razor. And he pulls his hand away, starts shaking again, go back in the bucket. Now you do that. Anybody have ever tried to paint? You try to cut in a line. They make people, they're making a fortune now selling tape because we can't cut lines in like professional painters. But that's part of what you're doing. You are learning how to do that trade. Well, think of it this way. We are all apprentice disciples, every one of us. Now we might be first-year apprentices, we might be 45th year apprentices. We don't know how far you made it in your apprenticeship. It requires that you work to try to become more like Christ in your life. And we have the model of Christ in our life. And yes, we are expected to give things try. And yes, we will make things mistakes. I know as a pastor, I have made mistakes. And if I have mistake has ever wounded anyone, I am truly sorry. I do not mean to wound. But this is the third way or the second way that we know God. God chose to be a human and live among us. God the Father, the being beyond our understanding, the being that says, I will be who I will be. That same God coming to us in human form to not only teach us but to die for us and then God the Spirit also there at the beginning but now present present in every living thing in this world in the very air that we breathe God the Spirit and that is the piece of the Godhead that we also need to recognize one God Three different ways of encountering God. And Jesus is reminding us, I will be with you always till the end of the age. Amen.
In Christ we have heard the word of faith, the gospel of salvation. We believe in him and are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Living together in trust and hope, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in God, Christ, God's Holy Spirit, the Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried on the third day of the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended at the heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father and the judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Now I'm going to look for a volunteer to run around with the mic. Larry said I get better presents. You're going to run around with the mic, Vinny? Thank you. Larry assured me that it's better presents if I can stand up here as opposed to running around the church. It's not that I've gotten lazy. Uh, our prayers, for those who are new here, those prayers that we have printed in the bulletin, they're great prayers. Um, I invite you to take them home, use them as a prayer routine if you're looking for one. But I truly believe, and more people are coming in agreement with me, that the prayers need to come out of the people assembled. What is going on in our lives? And we divide those into two things. Places that we have joys, that we've encountered God or we've seen God's blessing or mercy in our lives and we want to share that. And then there's also those things that we concern. There's people, places, situations that we are praying for. So let's start out with the joys. Do we have any joys that we'd like to share this week? Has this been a sad week for every... We have a joy up here.
Yes, my joy is my two grandchildren have passed in school, and the oldest girl is going into her senior year. And the boy, I don't know where he's going. I need to pray for him. <laughs> Still a joy. They got through the school year. The, any other joys that we want to share? One over here, one back there. My joy was Friday night at the church dance that Chris and Linda and her sister Leona got up and joined us in a lion dance that they just been working on. Okay. It's great to see them. Another way we entertain God, right? Yesterday, I, I came out the door to see if any more people were coming, and I seen a man walking up with his violin. This guy hasn't been here for a long time. His, his name is Dave, and uh, Dave came and he put on a show for us yesterday, and it was a real joy to hear him. I reminded all the people, and I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I get carried away sometimes, but if you close your eyes and you listen to somebody like Dave playing, you can see yourself at the old uh, you know, schooner wagon out in the west coming across the prairie. And it brings you back to just like, wow, it was really a joy. Thank you. One in the back here. Had a hand up somewhere? I just want to say we went, me and my husband and my sister were able to go up to New York and visit my brother who's on uh, special needs. And my sister took him um, on those little cars that are on the road. He's like 58. And uh, it was the first time he kind of drove in a car. And they were, you know, it was very fun in an arcade. So that was a blessing for us. For that him, that wonderful. Fun. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. My, my youngest one, um, the boy, James, he made his communion this in April. So, I mean, uh, that was a blessing. Plus, the biggest blessing is that I traveled to New York saw my family up there. I traveled to South Carolina to see my family there. I traveled across Florida to see my other family over there. So I visited everybody. I got to go to a ballet. My granddaughter was in a uh, dance uh, recital. I think that's the right word. Yeah. And uh, my uh, other granddaughter was in a play and she, she was an actress in the, in the play. And she wants to pursue that. But it was great just seeing the grandkids and seeing my sons and my daughter-in-laws and my everybody, my brothers and my sisters. It was a blessing. Thank you for sharing that. Any other joys? We got one up here. After a few years, I got to see my grandson that is in the army. He, he came to visit. It was such a joyful time. I love him to know and Robert, thank you for coming. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Any other joys? Pastor, I just have one joy. And that is that we have visitors with us today. And we'd like to thank the Lord for 
showing them the, our front door and welcoming them to our congregation. And uh, thank you, Lord, for bringing them to us. And uh, we hope you become part of our family. All right. You have a no? Just one or okay. Concerns? Do we have? I'm going to share one first. Um, apparently, the county has decided that it was the time to roust out all the homeless people that have established communities here and there off the beaten path. And while some people might think, well, so what? But many of these people have just they're in a bad place in their life, they're in a bad time in their life. And to be suddenly forced out, trying to travel with whatever possessions you have, families that had at least a tent and to, to care for their kids, being roused out and moved. I think it's a concern that we all need to share in. Um, and while there is some aid for people who are unfortunate, there is not enough. And in this end of Pasco County, you don't see them, but there are a lot of people who are homeless. And unfortunately, the solution, the solution oftentimes becomes just move them on and make them go someplace else, which is not a solution. It's just, I mean, it seems that every time things go around in our society, it is the very poorest and the most vulnerable who are victimized. So that's my concern. Others? Um, our parishioner, Lee Briggs, who's been with us for quite a while, went to visit to New York and became ill and was hospitalized. I believe it was diverticulosis. So I believe she's home today here in Florida, praise God. So we need to keep her in our prayers moving forward. Thank you. Yeah. Up here there was one. Hi, as I said, my grandson, I have dear concern for him. He's addicted to these computer online games. The boy can sit for hours, and I just see him wasting, wasting his time. Thank you for sharing. Other concerns that we'd like to lift up? We got back here. phone call yesterday afternoon. Uh, one of our uh, parishioners, Carol Knudsen, called to tell me that her brother, who has had pancreatic cancer for, and been in hospice for six months, passed away yesterday morning. So kind of remember Carol, please. She needs, needs our prayers right now. Yes. Any others? Well, then let us pray. <coughs> Lord, we thank you and praise you for all the wondrous ways in which you provoke our lives, the ways you call us, the ways you bless us, the ways that we can see you in the joy of community. Lord, we also lift up those concerns of our heart, those people and those situations 
that we pray for. We lift up all those concerns that we spoke here today, and we also lift up these people, these concerns now. Leslie. Lord, we trust these and all those in our prayers to your precious Son. And we trust in your goodness and mercy and your presence in all of this. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and let the people say, Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Peace be with you. Let us share a sign of Christ's peace with one another.
Let us pray the offering prayer as one voice. God of field and forest, sea and sky, you are the giver of all good things. Sustain us with the gifts of your creation and multiply your graciousness in us that the world may be fed with your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death in the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth, and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this and for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he also took the cup and after he gave thanks, gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of me, sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. Amen. Now let us be so bold as to say the words that we have been taught by our Savior. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We can receive communion here three ways, and everyone is welcome. You can receive the communion by um, the usher inviting you forward, I will hand you a piece of bread which you can intinct or dip into either cup. The dark red liquid is wine. The light clearer liquid is grape juice. Either one works. Um, you can also, if you're still concerned about germs, there are individual servings set up in the back that you can go back and help yourself. And third, if you're not able to come forward but would like to receive the bread and the wine from me, just raise your hand at the end, and I will come to you. God always comes to us. So, the, 
the gifts of God for the people of God. Please be seated.
We thank you, generous God, for the refreshment we have received at your banquet table. Send us now to spread your generosity into all the world through the one who is our dearest treasure, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. And now, I invite you to go out and entertain God through worshipful living. Go out and experience the joy of the knowledge of your sure salvation. Go out and spread the good news by how you live your life. Go out in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, share the harvest.